Hello everyone, Dr. Chris, registered acupuncturist here from Fimia, with a very different episode of Fimia Cast. Obviously, there's no other guest on the show today, but just me. I thought I'd do things a little bit different, and as the host of Fimia Cast, give my listeners a bit of background about myself and what brought me to this position here. So I'm just going to run through the basic questions that I usually have on the show that I ask for other practitioners, and we'll work our way through it, and I hope you enjoy what I have to say. I thought, you know, if people are listening to the show, then they obviously have some interest, so it might be an idea to give them a bit of backstory about myself. So... Who am I? Well, I'm an acupuncturist. That's one of the main things that I do, but I also do a lot of other things. So I consider myself an educator, a teacher of uh, acupuncture-related content. I have an online platform called FIMIA, the Faresian Institute of Modern Integrated Acupuncture, through which I sell online courses to acupuncturists for continued professional development. So I really enjoy being an acupuncturist. I really enjoy the application of a very unique style of healthcare to patients that are in need and seeing them develop. What I love is teaching people how to do that. So it's something that I've been interested in for a long time, but never really quite understood what that drive was, what that passion, what that connection was until I think maybe halfway through my degree. So a little bit of backstory, the million dollar question that all practitioners get asked at some point during a treatment or their career is, what brought you to acupuncture? Why do you do what you do? So I would have kind of a different answer for different people depending on their capacity of what I thought they would be able to um, understand or handle with the answer that I gave them because for myself, everyone's story is unique, obviously, but for myself, I suppose it's a little more mm, out of the box, if you will, as to how I found myself in the position that I am in now. The answer I give to people now when they ask me why I do acupuncture or, or how I got into it, I say that acupuncture found me. It was not a question of what's going to be the most lucrative career, what is going to make me the happiest, I suppose, at the time that I decided to do it, I had a feeling and I knew that this is what I was supposed to be doing. At the time that I made this decision, I had no idea that I would end up in this position here on a camera, uh, talking to people, having people listening to my story in the way that it is. So my first interest in Eastern philosophies was, I suppose, inspired by my father, from a very young age, I was doing karate and he would be talking about concepts like the Bardo and the Tibetan Book of the Dead and later on shamanism, Taoism, concepts like that. So as I grew older, I had a fascination for these concepts and a belief that there was something more that couldn't quite be explained by science or something beyond what we were able to see with our own eyes, something that could only be felt. So... It was, this is a condensed version by the way, after I had a near-death experience uh, in, a, in a car crash when I was 19, I fell asleep and drove into a telegraph pole at almost nine, uh, 100 kilometers an hour and ended up 
not quite walking away, but what resulted was a broken arm and a knee reconstruction. My patella was completely dislodged from its capsule and ended up in a different part of the body. So that was quite, uh, that's what I call my awakening and kind of a reset switch as to what uh, the life I had then to the, to what I then ended up going into. After that, my parents said, look, you should probably do something a bit more consistent with your life. Uh, they were always very supportive of my career as a professional musician. My brother and I have played music for most of our lives. And up until this point, it was we were playing cover bands and playing our original music. But my father never finished school, so he thought that's what you should do. You should have something to fall back on. So you should go and study something. So despite having dropped out of school, not finishing school, uh, and then dropping out of an arts course, uh, I decided, well, I have this feeling about acupuncture. I don't even know what it is, but it fit this description of a medicine man or what I later came to understand as what a shaman is that I had this feeling about. I didn't even know what it was, but I just knew that this is where I was supposed to be going. So at the age of 19, with my leg in a brace and my arm recently screwed back together with steel plates, I started at Australian College of Natural Medicine. So this was in 2003. And I made it through, I think, one semester before I dropped out of that as well. But what really grabbed me was this concept of a medicine that was so unique and it was so also elusive at the same time. I found it intriguing yet confusing. But I felt right doing it. I felt at peace studying it, even though I didn't really enjoy studying, but I persisted. And then much of the disappointment of my parents, once again, I dropped out of this course as well and kept pursuing music. Then cut forward to the age of 27, where my brother and I had been living in Los Angeles for a couple of years, chasing the elusive record deal. And unfortunately, that deteriorated after there was a lot of disagreement between band members, the kind of cliche story of what happens to a, an LA rock and roll band. We ended up being denied entry on our last flight to Los Angeles. So it is at this point uh, illegal for me to get into America. Well, they won't let me in. But that's another story. So we came back to Australia. We reinvented ourselves once again. We created an electro rock band called The Deported, aptly named from our story. And things started to deteriorate and decay more and more as the months passed. I was with a woman at the time, as wonderful as she was, I was not in love with her. I was living a life that I did not enjoy, that I had no, that I did not get any joy out of. When I wasn't playing music, I was working in a call center and just a soul-destroying life that I was living at the time. It got to the point where I was surviving on one meal a day and drinking alcohol for the rest of it. I would wake up and we lived right near a pub, which was 
not the best of choices. So I would go to the pub, then I'd catch the train to my position at the call center, work there, and then hit the pub on the way home, and then go home to a, a home where I was incredibly unhappy, then started taking antidepressants, um, panic attacks, all of all of those things, to the point where coming close to my 27th birthday, I was pretty much ready to check out. And I ended up sitting down and having a conversation with my mother and we spoke about it and I just came to the conclusion, I thought I had been in this state of mind and this unhealthy lifestyle for most of my adult life and I thought if I just put that down for a little bit and tried something else and stayed here for a while longer, how bad could it be? So we decided to get some treatment for myself. My condition, I said to my mother, was if I'm going to be treated by anyone, I need to see someone who has had the same history as me, has either had substance abuse issues, has been down and out, has been directionless, as opposed to going to a rehab center where they're reading directions out of a textbook and they have absolutely no life experience and they're telling you how you should feel. So we found the Urban Drug Rehab in Paddington and it was run by a gentleman called Jost Zauer, who I had on my uh, couple of episodes before this. And... We spoke to a person there, not Yoss directly, but spoke to a person there and, and, you know, figured out a plan for me. I went home and started looking him up on YouTube and found a few videos, which are still online. And there's one of the videos where he's talking about this lifestyle, living the chi cycle, where if you get up at five o'clock and, you know, live the chi cycle, if you're a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, you, you, you know this very well, the, the diurnal flow of how the chi flows in the body. And there was a video where he said, if you live this lifestyle, you can get higher and higher, implying that there is no come down, there's no drawbacks because it's all natural. And something clicked and I felt a presence standing in the room, which I believe now is a future version of myself, standing in the room with me. And I just had this realization that it's what had been staring me in the face my whole life. It's like I couldn't escape the path that led to being an acupuncturist. Because from the age of 19, when I started having a, a glimpse into that world, I never forgot it. I was always intrigued about this concept of acupuncture. What I thought, you know, Chinese medicine, yin yang, qi, all of those concepts. And then it was like the doors open and it became absolutely clear. This is what you must do. So the next day, literally, I went into what was now Endeavor College of Natural Health, still at Water Street. I enrolled in the Bachelor of Health Science and never looked back. I found a calling that I could immerse myself in 
absolutely. To become completely absorbed by something, and it was something that I had never experienced before, having a complete dedication to something. I gave my entire life to it. It became my job. I spent hours and hours a day studying because I was never good at school. I either failed many subjects or dropped out. I was driven to at least pass things. And that drive enabled me to not just pass things, but to get some pretty good marks along the way. So throughout the, the years that led up to this, I have delved into some rather esoteric practices, one of them being, well, the one being shamanism. And you can research if you like as to what that actually means if you don't know and what it implies, what is involved, which I won't go into now, but to suffice it to say that it's it's kind of you could say that it's at the very basis of of Taoism. It's at the basis of many spiritual beliefs. So it's safe to say that I've had experience with some very far out concepts, ideas about energy, ideas about spirits, about the blueprint that this reality is based on. We could talk for hours about this. And it's something that I have always been aware of. And it's something that I've carried through as an individual now after having studied. Yet when I reached college and started studying, I was so enthralled by this concept of an esoteric medicine based on yin and yang, which I am a big believer in the concept of balance. It is just the way that it is. You can't not see the evidence of it everywhere. Yet to be honest, throughout my degree, there were points when I was learning traditional Chinese medicine, which didn't just confuse me. I thought I just couldn't quite understand how it all made sense together. There were too many flaws for me. To the point where halfway through it, I was getting good marks and I thought, I think I'm going to drop out and start studying medicine because it wasn't feeling right to me, that aspect of it. I was thinking too much with this. But what this told me was that you have to keep going. There's something about acupuncture that you need to dedicate your life to, that you need to follow, that you need to learn and then eventually, all going well, you can teach it to others. And that knowing is only really starting to blossom now in the things that I'm doing with Fimia, with the podcast, with the online courses and some other interesting things that I have in store later down the track. So that brings me to the next point, which is what I see happening to the practice of acupuncture today and in the future. 
I wanted to divulge this information because I thought it's better to get at that now when I'm in the very start of developing Femia so everyone knows what I'm about before we get down the track and people, people um, are not completely clear about my approach to this thing. I want to be honest, I want there to be transparency because that's how anything should move forward, should be successful. Um, just like with your practice and your interaction with your patients, there should always be transparency and honesty. Excuse me. So, my great passion is studying human anatomy and physiology. And what I found was after dedicating so much of my time after finishing my acupuncture degree is that there were more than enough explanations and there was more than enough evidence to describe the goings-on and the mechanisms of acupuncture without having to refer to qi or the acupuncture channels. Now, this isn't meant to come across as disrespect to any practitioners. This is just my opinion and you can take it as you will. This is what I believe. As I said, I have had more than enough experience with esoteric practices such as shamanism to know that there is a force in this world that cannot yet be explained and perhaps it's never meant to be explained. What science will probably, science in its cliche entirety, may never catch on to because I don't believe it's meant to be put into words it's not meant to be studied in the sense of a research trial. It cannot be quantified. It is the, the energy that gives rise to everything. Some people call it God. Some people call it the all that is. Whatever you want to call it. So my point is, I know that exists. But how that presents how it is described in traditional Chinese medicine, personally, I think there are some inconsistencies. And it's these inconsistencies that then are extrapolated out and spoken about and referred to by our profession as a whole, which I believe, to some degree, are holding us back. We want to be accepted by the greater medical community, by the population of the world at large so we can reach more people and while we have something unique in that acupuncture is not just anecdotally but proven to be an effective form of medicine just because aspects of it cannot be explained I find that falling back on the concept that there are invisible energy lines in the body sets our progress back even further than it could be. Not to say that we should change what we're doing. I don't believe we should adhere entirely to a model that is perhaps contradictory to what we are doing in some certain aspects. That is, it's not holistic. Some people have the uh, perspective of. But by going completely the other way and saying that Western medicine is ineffective and that acupuncture is superior because we know something they don't 
is just shooting ourselves in the foot so we can't even take a step forward. I would not be alive if it was not for Western medicine. I've had most of my small intestines removed. I've had over 20 major operations before I was a year and a half of age. I've driven into a telegraph pole. I've had steel plates put in my arm. I've had an abscess in my brain, in my spine. I've had my intestines opened up and uh, repositioned again when I was 10 years old. <clears throat> I've just recovered from having kidney stones removed with a laser that was inserted into my body in the only way it can go in without having been cut open. So you can understand that I wouldn't be sitting here if not for all of that. But of course, I maintain my day-to-day -day life and relief of pain from RSI that I have, for example, with acupuncture and natural medicine. There needs to be a merging of these two. So this is what stemmed me, inspired me to develop Femia. Not only have I found a way to teach more people, but the content of it is based on this concept that there's already an answer for the way that acupuncture works without having to reach out to explanations that try to explain something just because we don't have the exact physiological understanding of it yet. There's a problem-solving concept called Occam's razor, which basically describes that the most simple explanation for something is most likely going to be the most accurate. So is the efficacy or the effectiveness of a point due to a channel that runs from, let's, for example, colon four, that runs up the arm to the neck, and then the face, is it because that channel is there, that this point is the master point of the head and the face? Or is it more likely that, by the way, which uh, so far there's been no actual um, physical hard evidence for this channel? Or is it more likely that it's because you're stimulating the radial nerve, the superficial radial nerve, which then travels up the arm in the exact position that the, the, the large intestine channel goes, up to the shoulder, reaches the brachial plexus, and then interacts with the cervical plexus, which has a connection to the facial nerve, and maybe that's the way that it affects the, the head and the face, and that its ability to treat pain systemically and to calm the system is because it stimulates a part of the brain that releases beta endorphins, and this releases systemically and, of course, calms you down and relieves pain. To me, it seems like this is more likely an answer and that the channel concept was what was described as ancient Chinese because they didn't have an understanding of anatomy. This explanation is carried over and we grip to it with such defiance because it's like if we let go of it, we no longer have something that others don't. So for me, this is how I approach acupuncture. I believe that an integrated approach of human physiology and anatomy will help us better understand the real reasons as to why 
acupuncture points do what they do, why acupuncture does what it does. And this way we start generating a more acceptable framework that can be disseminated to the public, to the greater medical community. I mean, dry needling and medical acupuncture is accepted and, and widely used by many professions here in Australia. Yet as soon as you call it acupuncture, it's discredited because of the theories that are applied to it. They're the same thing. If you look at the mechanisms of what's happening, they're the same thing with different names, with different levels of expertise. Once again, just my opinion. So, moving forward, if you are interested in what I have to say, in what Fimia has to say, then you can sign up, you can follow what I'm doing. My main goal is to find a way for acupuncture to be more accessible. I'm not here to step on anyone's toes, and I know that it's probably not what a lot of, pe well, a lot of people want to hear. Some people may love what I'm talking about, others may hate it. My only goal is to, as I said, make it more accessible, make people or help people to see that acupuncture is an amazing, amazing and effective medicine that can help so many people. So if you'll join me in this journey, you can sign up and follow me on Femia, um, on all of the platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and I hope that you do follow me. I, I think it's, a, it's going to be an interesting journey. To me, I feel like I've taken on something that could be a difficult path, but I'm really excited about where it's going to take me. Now, some people say to me, if you're so intent on this new concept of acupuncture that has nothing to do with Chinese medicine, then why do you get people on your show and interview them? It's because I believe everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Everyone has a story. I wouldn't be here if Chinese medicine didn't exist. I studied Chinese medicine, that's where I come from. But for things to evolve, it's like the very ethos of Chinese medicine or traditional Chinese medicine is that stagnation leads to disease. If we keep following the same thing, is that not the very thing that acupuncture or traditional Chinese medicine is, is you know, um, teaching us to not do? So... The reason why I have other people on, I mean, I, I, I've had people on that talk about business to, to, to people that talk about the most esoteric type of uh, acupuncture there is to the, to the real mainstream traditional Chinese medicine. I love talking to people. I love to get people's ideas and we can all learn from each other. Just because I feel that there can be a different version of acupuncture being taught doesn't mean that I don't appreciate other people's stories and that people who do practice TCM aren't helping people. I think that everyone has their own approach and it's the same for patients. Some patients only heal because they're being treated in a certain particular way. And if that's TCM, if that's esoteric qigong, if it's anatomy and physiology, then that's the way it should be done. All I'm saying is that to move forward, we need to start thinking about how we can integrate this for the future. So, 
Thank you for listening. I hope it's been uh, insightful for you. I have something exciting coming up in the beginning of 2020. It's called Fimia Stream. And it is essentially all of my ideas, concepts, and teachings about how I see a modern and integrated approach to acupuncture as a subscription basis through online learning. So if you're interested, as I said, sign up, fimia.com.au. You can sign up for free and I'll keep you updated on all of the news and notifications. And hopefully we can explore this journey together. So this is Dr. Chris, registered acupuncturist, signing off for FimiaCast. Thank you for listening.